Hello, I'm Dr. John Iskander, and welcome to CDC Beyond the Data. I'm here again today with Dr. George Luber, uh, chief of CDC's uh, Climate and Health Program. Um, Dr. Luber, since uh, we did our grand rounds on um, climate change and health in December of 2014, um, there are some new uh, scientific findings that are uh, important to this field. Can you bring us up to speed on some of those? Sure, absolutely. It's nice to see you again, John. Um, uh, at the end of 2014, uh, we had uh, some evidence that 2014 was going to turn out to be a warm year. And in January of this year, our National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, which collects this temperature data globally, um, reported that indeed 2014 was the hottest year on record. Um, this represents the global averaged land surface temperature and it's consistent with the trend that we've seen since the 1980s of subsequent years being hotter than the rest. Another issue that we talked about uh, during the session was extremes of climate events and, and their impact on human health. Um, do we have some new information about that as well? Absolutely. So as we discussed, the hallmark of climate change is that the average temperature for an area uh, increases over time. But we're also seeing changes in the variance, which is the frequency of, of events, of weather events, that are anomalous, that are on the uh, outside the normal range of events. And these are called extreme events. Recent analyses published in Nature Climate Change uh, have showed that indeed, uh, with regards to temperature extremes, and precipitation extremes, these are called heavy rainfall events, um, that we are observing an increase in these uh, events uh, and have observed and will continue to see an increase in them over time. Um, so I think people uh, in our audience may be, may be aware of, of some of these events, but can, can we, uh, even if we can't relate it directly to a single event, uh, thinking about, for example, the issue of, of, of drought, um, what do we know about the relationship between uh, extremes of heat and drought and ultimately impacts on health? Well, there's a number of dimensions to drought that are important that are linked to uh, climate uh, changes. Um, certainly the cause of drought has to do with a number of factors, some of which are not climate related. It could be uh, human made in that we take too much water out of the system or manage it improperly. But climate change has been uh, predicted to increase the frequency intensity and magnitude of droughts through a number of mechanisms. First, the increase in temperatures increase the rate of evaporation, drying out soils faster. Um, but we're also seeing subtle changes in rainfall that also affect the, uh, the, the uh, drought situation in area. So take a look at California, for example. Uh, we are uh, just entering into the, the spring and summer season. And uh, during this time of year, most of the water in California uh, is, it comes from melting of the snowpack, which is a critical storage mechanism for much of uh, the areas that are currently affected by the drought. Um, as we enter the spring season, uh, California has 6% of its normal snowpack. This is actually a record um, uh, of low snowpack in the Sierra Nevada, which which uh, pretends, uh, portends uh, very serious consequences for the summertime. And the reason we're having a decreased snowpack is that rainfall, uh, uh, precipitation, is more frequently coming down in the form of rain in the wintertime than snow, as we would typically expect. And this is because most of the warming that we're seeing across the globe is occurring in the winter months. 
Uh, so we're getting elevated winter t temperatures that are changing snow from uh, uh, precipitation from snow to rain, and that rain runs off the surface. It doesn't get stored in the system like like snow or ice would that would be available uh, for for use later in the year. So there's a number of dimensions to that. Add to that the increased summertime temperatures, which will certainly increase the rates of evaporation, drying out soils, and further exacerbating the drought. Um, so clearly, uh, as we move as we move into the summer month, there's going to be obviously concern about not only drought but also uh, I extremes of of heat really uh, throughout the country. Um, what is CDC and what are its partners doing to help respond uh, to some of the potential public health effects of these? Uh, extremes of heat. So uh, CDC uh, in the Climate and Health Program has an initiative called the Climate Ready States and Cities Initiative. And through this initiative we work with partners at the state and local level to do a number of activities that help them prepare and build resilience against the types of events like drought um, that they will experience in their jurisdiction. Now granted California will be dealing with a distinctly different set of issues than our grantees in Maine. Uh, but they all use the same basic framework, we call it the BRACE framework, to assess the climate impacts in their region, identify those individuals and locations that are most vulnerable to those impacts, um, estimate the magnitude of burden of disease, either morbidity or mortality, uh, that will be the result of these changes, and then put in measures to adapt or prepare for, prevent um, those health effects from happening. And our colleagues in California uh, are doing a number of activities relevant to the drought, including assessing vulnerability to the wide range of exposures that the drought will bring. It will certainly degrade air quality. Drier soil uh, leads to more airborne dust. Um, we have the increased frequency of wildfires that is a result of a, a drying uh, climate um, that also degrade air quality as well. Uh, match that with higher summertime temperatures and exposure to extreme heat, and you have a number of intersecting exposures that will certainly um, fall on those most vulnerable, the children, the elderly, those with respiratory conditions, uh, et cetera. And California is, is determining the location of these vulnerable populations in order to get the message out to, to monitor and prevent health effects from, from occurring. That's a, a very good example of what, what's being done in, in, in one state. Mm -hmm. um, for people in our audience who want, want to know what their state or their, their city is doing, um, are there some new new resources since we first did this session that they might want to consult? Certainly. Um, we've been working with the American Public Health Association to describe the range of activities that our grantees, uh, 18 uh, states uh, and, and cities, uh, are conducting to prepare for the health effects of climate change, to serve as role models for other health departments that might want to engage in this topic. Um, we produced a report called Adaptation in Action. It's posted on our website as well as APHA's website. And uh, it describes uh, in detail what particular activities the states are doing, from focusing on harmful algal blooms in uh, northeast, uh, the northeast states, Lyme disease in certain communities, waterborne disease in others, and certainly extreme heat exposure in others. All of these are relevant and related to, to the, the health impacts of climate change, um, but the framework in, in which they're addressing these is consistent throughout, but it's just the, the subject matter that's different. Thank you very much for joining us again, Dr. Luber. Thanks. It was a pleasure. Please join us next time for Beyond the Data. <laughs>